Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Hey, it's Lisa Kay. Today on the show, we are checking back in with our friends from Minnesota Valley Action Council and back in studio. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You always have the biggest smile every time I see you. So I'm so glad you're in studio. Last time um, I ran into you, uh, it was pre-lip sync challenge. And then I didn't get a chance to go to the lip sync challenge, but I watched all the videos online and they were so good. It was a really, really good show. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what, what that raised money for and how that all went off for you. Oh, it was it was a fantastic event. Um, I was a little nervous because, you know, didn't, didn't know how it was going to really, if it was going to play out like I had it in my head. Mm-hmm. And, did it? And it did. We It was a fabulous show. All the teams brought their A game and they were great entertainment. Many people said they hadn't had this much fun in a long time mm-hmm. and looking forward to next year. So we are already oh, bringing it back. Oh, we are. Good. We're going to bring it back. Good. It's going to be September 29th, 2023. Okay. All right. So, we'll get that on the calendar right away. Yeah, it was great. We we raised over $91,000. Are you kidding me? Wow. Now, and that night for we had donate to vote, so you had to donate money to vote for which team you wanted, and that night alone we raised twenty thousand dollars. Nice, but yeah, it was really really good. What do you use all of that money for with Minnesota Valley Action Council? Well, this year we used it for the We Care Repair Program. Mm. So what we do each year is we do a gaps analysis with our community and stakeholders and find out what is not, what are we not, what are we missing in our communities, right. and this year it was the We Care, so it's home repair. For under two thousand dollars, we do loans for people under that are the loans are under two thousand dollars, and we make it affordable, like twenty five dollars a month payback. But mm-hmm. we have to make it payback so that sure. we continue with that money. And so we haven't decided what the new thing is going to be. We did get our report back as far as what's missing in the area, and so we'll study that, and that will be what we raise money for this next year. Yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what the report ends up saying um, to you and what you end up learning. Uh, sure. So yeah, next time when you after you're done with all your study, come back and tell me all about. Oh, that'd what, be great. What yeah. you found? Yeah. Um, and every time we talk to you, uh, you, you bring another arm of the organization in, right? We have so many a spoke in the wheel. Another spoke. That's you know that was <laughs> the other thing with with the lip sync. It was such a new audience, and yeah. we had our video, and so many people said, "I didn't realize you did all of that stuff." Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, and that's why we're here is to go in depth on each of the programs. So today I have. Dan Jones with me, and he is our car guy. Our car guy, Dan Jones, Transportation Initiative Administrator is what your card says. Yeah, it's a pretty fancy title. <laughs> it just means car guy. Car guy. Well, what does that exactly mean? I know I told, um, I had told Ann that uh, years ago, my husband and I had a vehicle to donate, and we looked at where, well, like, what, who wants this? And Minnesota Valley Action Council was there. And Here we so are. I, it was a different location. Right. And we took the car there and, and donated that. and. Right. So I know a little bit about uh, about the program. So I'm sure we, it's changed. Yeah, what we do, Lisa, is that people donate cars to us, and they get a tax deduction for doing so, and then we use that car to help low-income people. We sell it at a discount to low-income people, so they buy the car inexpensively, and that's really a contrast to what 90 to 95% of other nonprofits do who simply sell the cars at auction and then use the money to fund their programs. Right. These cars go directly to low-income people, and it helps them make their lives better. You know, and you do kind of become attached to your vehicle, right? <laughs> there yeah, I, is. That can happen. Yeah, and so I think when, when it's time to give it up, I know in, in our case, when it was time to give it up, we're like, it's still drivable. It's still fine. Right. And, you know, um, I'm sure that 
little repairs would have had to been done on it or things like that, just nominal fees. But um, you take care of all of that. And then somebody else, another family, just like us, would be using it. Right. And I've had people, you're talking about getting emotionally attached to your cars. Yeah. I've had people take pictures of themselves with the car before they donated. And and you can tell that's going to happen if the car has a name, if they've named the car Betty or something like that. Sure. So... Yeah, we do get emotionally attached to our cars. It's kind of an American thing. We do that. (laughs) Dan, I want to know um, a lot more about the program uh, now that you're in here, but a little bit about you and how you got involved with the organization and how you became the car guy. Oh, well, that's a... That's a long story from a long, long time ago, Lisa. Everybody that you brought in. I was going to say, have you noticed? Yeah. Everybody I bring in has been here a while. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good sign. I've been with MVAC for 21 years. I majored in English with a concentration in writing and a minor in biology concentration in freshwater ecosystems. Wow. Has nothing to do with cars. Nothing to do with it? cars. I was going to write for a fishing magazine, which Aww. I did, but uh, that's not where this all... I've just been a car guy my whole life. I grew up around cars. My dad raced cars. I race cars. And so the job comes up at Minnesota Valley Action Council. I apply. I somehow get the job. And uh, after 21 years, when I first took that job, you know, I really loved cars. After 21 years, I hate cars. <laughs> cars are big, dumb machines designed to eat your money and make you cry. Right. Now, that in, in deference to all the mechanics and car uh, people who sell cars out there, we need cars. They are really, we've designed and built our society around the motor vehicle. You need a car to get to and from work. Right. Some of the larger cities with mass transit, that's not true. But here in the Mankato area, you need a car mm-hmm. to live, to, to get to work, to make a living. And so it's essential. And we found that in various studies throughout the, not just in Mankato, but throughout the country, that reliable transportation is the number one barrier to a lot of low-income folks to to get out of poverty, to make their lives better. When you joined Minnesota Valley Action Council, was there a program already in place, or is this something that you created or helped design, or how how did that come about? Another interesting story. When I was first hired, Lisa, uh, there we had a state grant and the state was helping low-income people buy cars. That uh, program existed for about three years, and what we saw in that program is that people did indeed make their lives better when they had reliable transportation. The program ended because of a state budget crisis, a la Jesse Ventura, if you remember (laughs) that. And uh, so at that time, we thought to ourselves, okay, we know this works. What can we do? And we went through a lot of iterations. We went through a lot of uh, trial and error, and we just came up with what worked. And after 20 years, years, what we found out what works is that people donate their cars, and we simply sell them inexpensively to low-income people. We don't fix the cars. We went through that whole Mm -hmm. deal of fixing cars. Um, And what, what happens there is that you get a lot of money invested in the car. Um, we'll get to there. That's the name of the program. We'll get there. It's self-supporting. Oh, okay. It's not for We'll get s- there. I love, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, I didn't come up with the name. <laughs> that name's been around forever. Okay. But so it's a self-supporting program. So it's not reliant on state or federal grants, which means that as long as I run it properly and it doesn't go broke, it gets to be here, whatever happens with the changes in the political winds. You're still here, so that's good news. I'm still here. We are weathering a storm right now, and that storm is the nationwide car shortage. Yeah. 
Um, in a normal year, I would have had between 100 and 120 cars donated so far this year. Okay. As of this moment, me sitting in this chair, we've had 41. Oh, my goodness. And this is because I know that we, we hear about it with dealerships. Bring your trade. Bring your trade. And so people oh. are choosing to do that rather than donate the cars. Oh, there, uh, yeah. A used car is worth more right now than it has ever been. And there are cars that are actually appreciating in value. That really? has never, ever happened before. This is like. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. It's absolutely weird. Now, that is just now, just in the last, just recently, starting to turn around where the car market is getting back to normal. Okay. But, you know, we spent two years in COVID where the the number of cars being produced was really, we really. We keep hearing about, oh, there's a chip shortage. There's, there's, a, a there's some kind shortage. of shortage of something. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of us did our jobs via Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't Zoom call a car. No. You don't get to build a car by sitting at home in your pajamas, right. you know, on a Zoom call. So there, there was a distinct and marked lack of cars. And mm-hmm. that's supply and demand. Fewer cars, higher prices. Right. And then, then do you have families that are waiting and waiting on... on oh, oh some... I get I get 3,000 phone calls a year. Oh, And my. people ask me, will you put me on a list and call me when you get a car? I can't do it because I'd be calling a 1,000 people. Right. So it's, it's first come, first serve. And there's people who call me every day. In fact, I tell people, call me every day and right. s- just to see if I have a car. So we're anxiously awaiting people who would donate their cars. And there's just a tremendous, tremendous need among low-income people for those cars. Right. In order to, you know, be sustainable and get yourself to work and grocery store, child care needs. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in this particular town. Like you said, a big city maybe. But in this particular area, without a vehicle is is difficult. Right. We've got so many people that live in the little rural community, in the rural communities that it, it, there is no bus service, or if there is, it doesn't fly with what their mm-hmm. schedule is at work. So right, right. A, a car is critical for our area. Right, and I know I've talked to transportation people in this town too, and I see how they're trying their very best to make everything accessible. And so this is another avenue um, in order to help people. Our guest on Talk of the Town today from Minnesota Valley Action Council, we've got Ann McGregor and Dan Jones in talking about. Well, Dan's a car guy. And if you need to donate a car, if you want to donate a car, if you want to feel good about it, um, Minnesota Valley Action Council is ready to take your cars. I suppose we want to talk about what, who donates, what kind of cars, all of those things. Well, we'll take anything <clears throat> at this point right now, even if it's junk. You don't have to take it to a mechanic. Does it need to run? Though? I mean, we need, it needs to be running? Well, you're going to get a better tax deduction if it runs and it's right. something that... We can use to help a low-income person. If they can use that car to get to and from work, you get a better tax deduction than if we have to junk it. Right. But but you said you're not fixing them. So then what? No, we don't. So, But like I said, I've been doing this for 21 years. So when we do get a donated car, I go out there, I test drive it, I lift the hood. If the check engine light's on, I can put the little code reader on and tell people why. And my job is to honestly tell those low-income people, this is what's wrong with the car. This is what I see going on with it. I anticipate you're going to spend this much money fixing it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm honest with them. One of the things that that we discovered over the 21 years of doing this is that low-income people are capable of fixing their own cars. Sure. What a shock. I know, right? <laughs> and and when they can fix their own car, it's a lot cheaper 
than take it to a mechanic. But what that means is, though, is that we can't help every low-income person. What we can help some. And right. so we just do the very best we can with what's given to us. As to, In terms of donating a junk car, um, the price of scrap is pretty good right now. And we have vendors who give us pretty good prices for junk cars. So we're happy to have it because we still need to pay the light bill, still need to pay the rent. Right. So the money just goes somewhere else. Then. It, like, it pays our overhead. Yeah. And if you were to walk into your local church and say to the pastor, hey, pastor, would you like 300 bucks? You know what he's yeah, going to say. absolutely. And so if you want to donate your junk car, happy to have it. As long as it's not in Florida. Right, right. <laughs> we'll be happy to have it. <laughs> Especially after the hurricane. So let's talk about um, donating and who donates. If we find that we have an extra vehicle at home like we did at our house uh, at one time before we had drivers taking all of them. <laughs> My kids got older. What needs to be done? What do we do? We, we do we stop in and talk to you? And then how does that all work with? Yeah, I have a, a decent drivable car, but nobody, you know, I'm not going to trade it in. I just need it gone. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah. Um, my direct dial number is three four five five zero seven three four five zero four four six. If you didn't write that down, it's easy to remember three four five MVAC three four five MVAC. And then there's a menu, there's a phone tree you can go through. You will get to me. I'm not hard to get hold of. But if you want to donate your car, Lisa, it's super simple. Give me a call. Uh, gather up the car, the keys, and the title. Make an appointment. Let me know when you're coming. 15, 20 minutes later, you're out with all the paperwork. You need to make the IRS happy. We're a licensed dealer at MVAC, so you're oh. not going to have any problems with your title. It's smooth. It's easy. We've been doing it for a long, long time. And it's safe. And so what kind of um, documentation do they receive in order? How do you, how do you go about uh, saying, hey, your car is worth X amount? And oh, the IRS rules say that you can use the Kelly Blue Book private party value. So it's a matter of sitting behind the computer, pulling up Kelly Blue Book, looking it up, printing it out so the IRS has documentation, and boom, boom. There oh, you go. Easy okay. to do. Will you come and, and get somebody's vehicle if they need it? Or? Sure. If it's... Uh, if it, not if in Florida. Needed, if it's not in Florida, yeah, we can come and get your car. We prefer that you bring it in because we have overhead involved. It costs something to go get your car. But if you can bring it in, fine. If you can't bring it in, give me a call. We'll talk about it and we'll make it happen. How does that all happen with the, the transfer of titles? Does it go directly to, to MVAC and then do you transfer it to somebody else when you give it away? Or? That's a great question. Because, we're a, because we are a licensed dealer, we are linked to the new state uh, fancy Minlars system <laughs> that uh, we, you know, we spent $93 million so the state could do this. And right. hey, it works. No, you bring in your car, uh, all the documents are signed. I go online directly to the state's dealer vehicle services website and I register your car as held for resale. From that moment, the state of Minnesota knows that the car is no longer your problem. Okay. You no longer have any legal liability. You can drop insurance the minute we sign that title, and there you go. That sounds really easy. It is easy. Yeah. Well, um, what else do we need to know about the program? What if we're listening and we know somebody that might be in dire need of a vehicle? And you said that there's a little bit of a wait, but first come, first serve. First come, first serve. So you have to so just make just the phone give calls. Me a call. Easy. Be persistent. Dan will also take your boat. 
Yes, oh, really? Yeah. So is it? It's yeah. not just cars. cars. Are you talking about now, motorcycles? Now the boat or? isn't going to be used by a low-income person no. to get to and from work. But yes, if you want to donate your boat, your tractor, your diesel Mercedes that burns vegetable oil, that actually <laughs> happened. Really? <laughs> yeah. Somebody <laughs> donated one of those. But yeah, give me a call. We'll take almost anything. Uh, I haven't had any aircraft ever donated, but yeah. Give me a call. It's all. <laughs> we've done it before. Sometimes when you drive by, you'll see a vehicle with a for sale sign on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a donated vehicle. But um, for Dan has deemed them. We call them curb cars. So I'll let him tell you about those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, not every vehicle that's donated is something that's going to directly go to help a low-income person make their lives better. Some Some cars just don't make sense to do that with. So luckily, we get like oh six to eight to ten vehicles a year that we sell to the general public oh and those funds then are used for operating costs and help fund the program so that you know and the thing about we'll get there is it doesn't need to make a profit but it would be really nice if it came out like one dollar in the black every year that so that's all that's our only objective and that's what happens I need to go back to the boat thing, though, mm-hmm. So, I, because I need to throw a little disclaimer in there. Okay. If you want to donate your boat, call me in the spring, because <laughs> right now, <laughs> nobody's looking to buy a boat right now. No. I don't have a place to store your boat till spring, so I'm sorry, but on boats um, after seasonal. Labor Day. Yeah, seasonal. Thank seasonal you. Seasonal boats. That's the correct So, word. tell me about the car, the curb cars that you said sometimes they're, you don't deem them, you know, like that they would be useful for somebody. What kind of vehicles are we talking about there? Oh, like, earlier this year we had uh, some kind of classic car. It was oh, like a, okay. You know, okay. like a 72 something. Like a collector's another. item. Right, right, right. And that just, you know, uh, wouldn't make, make sense. sense. Sometimes the SUVs or the, the sports cars or things like that, you know, those are things that don't really make sense for a low-income person, but we're still happy to have them. Yes. So, again, if you have any any inclination whatsoever to donate your vehicle, give me a call. What he means by, you know, doesn't make sense is there are some vehicles that if the windshield wiper, it's going to cost, it's going to be out of budget to replace that windshield wiper. And the parts are just too expensive if something should go wrong. Or why are you driving a classic car to work every day? But yeah, I can see that. Yeah, something that might be a collector's item or something like that. I mean, the, the right. money would make be of better use. Right. It, right. And it's basically just because of the cost of repairs for that type of vehicle. Okay. It's going to blow somebody's budget real right. fast. Can't afford. Yeah, you got to have it sustainable. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's the whole goal of this. If people are interested in getting some more information, and, and Dan, thank you so much for your time today on Talk of the Town. Best place to go? Do we want to go online? Or are we giving phone numbers out? Yeah, or? the best. If you have any inclination whatsoever to donate your car, give me a call 507 345 0446 or 507 345 MVAC. I really hope it loosens up for you and you get it those will. donations in. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. It's just waiting it out. <laughs> it's like everything else in, the, in this whole post-pandemic society, yeah. it'll all take a while to straighten itself out, but it will. A little bit of patience and help is waiting for you, Minnesota Valley Action Council. And um, what's the website if we have any other questions? 
www.mnvac.org. I always love it when you bring guests in. Thank you so much. Thank it was you so for nice letting to, us come. Yeah. It was Thank so nice you. to have you in here, Dan. Who's coming next time? Do we know? Have you have you thought that far ahead yet? Yes. Next month, we're going to bring someone in to talk about taxes because MVAC is a free VITA tax prepair site. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we're coming up on the end of the year. So we are. People so are going to be thinking We're going to need volunteers as well as people that can come in and get their taxes prepared. Perfect. We'll talk taxes next time. Dan Jones, Transportation Initiative Administrator, and Ann McGregor once again back in with Minnesota Valley Action Council. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Lisa.